This week, we are going to talk about build, build, building classifications. And specifically, we're going to focus on commercial real estate bu building classes. And really, I think what we're going to focus on is probably a little bit more residential bend. Because that's where, where I think of these classifications maybe the most. Although it kind of fits all but it fits, asset types. It fits all asset I think of it in all the asset uh, classes, I guess actually. so, yeah. I guess, it, I guess it fits all, but I really, it really somehow sinks in more for me on, on res. Than, like, I don't like, you know, there are B office buildings. Yeah, I was going to say office buildings. buildings, I always think of these classes. You know, I think of it that way. But like retail, yeah, I just, is it credit or is it not credit? Like, I don't really think that, yeah. I think there's like I, trophy I, I guess, retail. I guess and then that's true. In retail, you don't think of as much. In, in well, I think it's just like trophy retail. And, and then it, there's like yeah. not trophy, yeah. like, and then and, is it credit or not credit? Yeah. Well, you think of more of the type of shop, retail shopping centers. But yeah. Let's, but let's go back for confusing yeah. people. Let's let's talk about what we're talking let's about. Let's talk about building classification in general. So go ahead. Give so, us a So classification is a simple answer before I go into textbook definitions. You know, is really do you classify a building, no matter what type of building it is, as an A building, a B building, and C building? You hear people in the real estate industry always talking about this. And so – um, and we'll we'll focus a little more on residential apartments and, and office and a little bit office industrials. So that's what we do. But um, so your A buildings are your typically your your you know top of the line buildings. Um, they're the newest. They have the best finishes uh, from an, from an age location area. Like I said, uh, recently built, they probably generate the highest rents in the market. Um, also the highest sales prices, and they're usually located in you know sort of what we call A locations. And so as Simple as that. I mean, for in the office world, that would translate into you know you've got a down historically a, a downtown Manhattan building down in Wall Street or a Midtown Manhattan brand new building, um, you know, with all the fancy, especially now after COVID, the fancy new HVAC systems in there and air filters and all this touchless, um, you know, um, you know things with the elevators and other things that that everything's just. You know, highly amenitized. Highly amenitized. And then in the apartment world, similar. It's basically that version of a you know brand new luxury, super expensive, got the most rents. You know, big units. You know, granite. You know, nice countertops, um, and all the other finishings. Yeah. I mean, also a lot. Of, most of the time, I think in as we think of building classifications, there always is a little component of the location too. In most most of these, in general, like you're not. I mean, Houston's a city where, like, they kind of put in, put things anywhere because they have that open zoning. Yeah, no zoning requirements. But, uh, but I think, in general, A buildings tend to be in, like, kind of better locations. Maybe not the A location, but, like, it's generally close to where the A yeah. location is meant to be. And historically, you know, because it's an A, you know, which means, t you know, top grade, yeah. um, it, attracts, you, yeah. it attracts investors, like institutions, who have a lot of money, who are very conservative, who are really – looking for a place to park their money like insurance companies and pensions um, and, and certain funds. And so, um, and as a result, because there are A locations and A buildings and quality building, there's a lot of competition. Yeah. And so the returns are, are, are a lot less. And so you typically see A buildings dominated by yeah, people who uh, have institutional money, really, right. or institutional investors, because they're the guys who are willing to afford the, the, the lower price, I mean, the higher price and the lower return. Yeah, and I think that that holds true um, almost almost always that you're going to find newer buildings and people that are willing to take a much more compressed return. And I think the the other side of it too is, and this again goes back more to a multifamily focus is typically in a buildings things like collections, you know, 
deferred maintenance, repairs are going to be a lot less and a lot more predictable. And that's what lends leads institutions to buying these in the correct, first place. Correct. And then similarly, they'll borrow money from a lot of times if they're going to finance yeah. it from from banks and other financial institutions, not necessarily Wall Street bridge right. funds who are looking to make a return a little more aggressive return on their money. Insurance company lenders. So the yeah. more conservative lenders who also same thing, they've got a lot of money to park, yeah. then they're looking for places to park it in a safe place. They want they don't want to necessarily put it into into stocks. And they were bonds, and so this is a nice uh, hedge for them, and it, yeah. it's also got it's the security. Hedge. Yeah, and it's got the security of being a physical asset. There's real, yeah. real meat there, real collateral, and so, and then, and obviously, as a result, you know, they get, you know, higher rents. You know, usually like an eight office building, you'll you'll get like Fortune 500 type A credit kind of tenants. Yeah. Um, wanting to lease that office space, and they'll pay the higher rents. So, from other metric standpoint, in terms of, you know, some of the things we talked about, like cap rates, they'll a product buildings are generally lower cap rates. Yeah, and then sim- similarly, the you know the per rent per square foot are is a little higher than than you know the B's and the C's. Yeah, Signi- it can be significantly higher too, especially as you get into office space, things of that nature. You can really see real variance between A and B, and you can really even see yeah. see some. So now moving on to B. So B's are you know they're not they're a little bit. Uh, less, uh, they're not as fancy as the A buildings. Basically, older buildings, they're still good quality. They still, uh, in the residential space, they attract, you know, good average working class tenants. It's not necessarily the high end job earners or, or the uh, retired, uh, uh, wealthy tenants that you know who are in the A buildings. But they'll attract, you know, good solid tenants who have you know good middle class kind of jobs who who, who will pay rents, um, and so uh, they're attracted to B buildings. Um, you know, they just can't afford the A-class glory. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I think, I think one thing, too, also, I think in B buildings, the I, I think this is also maybe just true across the board, but it used to be B buildings would be something that's like 10 or 20 years older. I, I think now that, that B buildings have really like taken to be like 30 or even 40 years older. I think yeah. the, the lifespan of being a B has been... In, stretched quite a bit and I uh, but I think while I say stretched I don't mean like stretching the truth I just think the quality of buildings after like somewhere in the 70s really started to change Mm -hmm. windows just got better they tend to be double pane or insulated windows siding became better and this is on the residential side but even for office like the quality of building really started to ratchet up as we got into the 80s since late 70s 80s it started to become a lot better and so since they're not A buildings, B buildings are cheaper, and, and yeah. so so they present for us, especially as investors, opportunities to yeah. maybe buy you know B buildings or you know sort of you know B minus buildings where maybe there's <laughs> opportunities to, to renovate them and upgrade them into into you know higher class B buildings, a B B plus, or even to maybe make them an A minus type type building, and so that's um, where because you're able to buy them for a little cheaper than 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 the pricing on A buildings. Um, there's there's more opportunity there, and that's also where you know, a lot of times we find lenders who are who are sort of bridge lenders willing to lend because you know based on the future renovations and, and higher rent that you might get. Um, and then you know one of the other strategies sometimes you look at B buildings. We try to find B buildings in A locations yeah. where where there's a story there where, where just because of neglect or an absentee owner from out of state, you know there's there's always all sorts of reasons. Um, you know why B buildings or B minus buildings may not have reached their potential, and so that's that's the opportunity for investor like groups like ourselves to, to look at. 
And then finally, then you've got the C building. And, you know, C is, again, the more lowest classification. These are the older buildings, need a lot of updating, maybe got a lot of deferred maintenance, older um, electrical systems or, or chillers and things that need to be repaired, which cost a lot of money. And so those, those and, you know, older buildings also have a tenant base, especially in residential, that might be um, less wealthy. And so you've got some issues and challenges sometimes in rent collections, and especially in states, as we've talked about, like California, uh, where there's a lot of uh, tenant protections and, and eviction moratoriums and things like that. And so those those deals can be quite challenging uh, if, you, if you don't have enough adequate capital. Um, I, think, I think a big part of C buildings, even B to some degree, is this: there is like an added component of you're just going to have n much more normal wear and tear that's going to lead to a lot more deferred maintenance and repairs and even capital improvements. And you're also just going to have tenancy that especially as you go into C now, you're going to see a lot collections and bad debt will, will generally increase. You're just going to have a lot more of these issues, evictions, that type, especially in states, not California, but in states where it's allowed, you can actually, you yeah, know, you you're can gonna, just these challenges. There's more part, work. There's something more yeah. roll up your sleeves. Yeah, and so. As you move down the scale well, from what's one thing to that's, to that's, you know, on a sidebar, one thing that's become sort of interesting is that the it used to be that the class a you know used to be at a um, a a compressed cap rate compared to b and c and i think that's still true but i think what used to be like 50 basis points lower would be cap a would be um, class a i think that's now maybe only 20 or 30 basis points because the the overall thinking is that you know i, th I think people are more and more concerned that can you maintain these class A rents if the economy slows? And so it's almost like a discount is being priced in for a slowdown and the class A will take the first hit. Because yeah. the one big ri one risk, which people didn't normally assume was a risk until you have you know, market downturns and, and COVID pandemics and things, is that the assumption was, okay, the class A renter, while they can afford your higher rents, but those people also have especially in today's age of hybrid working, they have more flexibility and they choice. Do. They do. And so they can leave. And so whereas some of the tenant base of the, the Bs and the Cs, you know, the, those guys are kind of struggling. And, and, and they may not, and depending where the market is, they may not find the cheaper rent somewhere else, you know, or especially if they love, lo like a particular neighborhood. You know, we've seen different, you know, groups, you know, like liking living in certain areas in different yeah. parts of towns and, and certain people, you know, don't want to move. And so, you know, part of the investment strategy at the time is finding that well-located building that maybe you can, you know, make it, you know, the best building in the B location or, or as they say, have a B building in an A, an a location in the B neighborhood. Yeah. And you, and, you, and you try to make, you know, try to improve that building even more, make it more of a fortress, an attractive uh, uh, rental product for, for, for a tenant base to come to. Yeah. Now no, just I, I think that's very, very spot on on, on the different classes and how it works with the renter profile. Yeah, and then I was just, the one last thing to add, that's so what we were talking about earlier, retail's a little different in the sense of, well, you think of retail A is really like what you said, maybe top of the line mall or Tro lifestyle. Trophy. Trophy, lifestyle center. Um, but you could be kind of be quality looking a shopping center, but it could be like a really, you know, the hot, you know, grocery anchored center in a neighborhood that's, you know, it's got the perfect location. So, they may be A like-ish, <laughs> even though they're B. Um, it's you know retail's really hard right now because what used to be trophy retail was like you know Park Avenue retail, you know like urban yeah 
high famous mall. Yeah, really fam- it's top. Not even malls. I mean, there was a, this was a lot of like you know now it's it's sort of shifted because those areas have still not. And these are generally coastal big cities mm-hmm. haven't come back, and that that trophy retail a lot of it's vacant now. Yeah, like because you don't have the tourism, you don't have just a regular population. Then you don't have the tourism, and so a lot of that you know that Park Avenue. Or Madison Avenue, you know, those fan, you know the, the high streets of New York or even London, it just didn't come back. And so those retail rents just, they're not getting them or people have just left, even in San Francisco, even in L.A. I mean, I've seen, you know. You mean like the Rodeo Drive? Ro- I don't know Rodeo as much. I haven't seen it there, although I don't spend that much time there. But it doesn't feel like it when it, the few times I've gone there. It doesn't feel like. Does it feel like there is is is. It doesn't Hot feel, as a uh, market as it used to be. No, it doesn't feel like it. Old days, yeah. It doesn't feel the tourism's missing, things like that. You need all that to to commensurate that like super high pricing you're going to charge for those. You know, they used to say like Beverly Hills was like it wasn't by the foot, it was by the inch, because mm-hmm. you were twelve dollars an inch usually. Yeah. I mean, twelve dollars uh, a foot, buck an inch or something, or even more. And now it doesn't feel like that anymore. Well, I think part of it is because the traffic is not. There's still yeah. traffic, of course, but there's but no one near. No one near as it was in the pre-pandemic. Yeah. It just it's not there. And even in other cities, it's the same way. Yeah. So how would you how would you characterize industrial then the differences? The which ABC. I think it's ABC. It's ABC, is ABC. Okay. but it's less newer buildings be the A's and logistics. Co- well, I think what happens is, is to the common eye, it's a lot less distinguishable. The, the A is just going to have better facades. Mm-hmm. They're going to be bigger buildings. They're going to have higher, you know roll-up doors and entry points and things of that nature. They may have more in, in infrastructure within the building, but it's really hard for, like, the, the, even the, you know, even a, uh, a, someone that's a sophisticated real investor, real estate investor that's not involved in industrial to figure out, like, aside from it looking like a better building, I can't understand why it's better. Yeah. Well, and it's also, especially today, industrial, you could have, you know, given where you know there's so much emphasis on distribution now for the mm-hmm. last mile you can have a great location because of, for those purposes of distribution yeah. and it may the neighborhood may not be that great but internally like that building could but it's be close to a bunch close of stuff and close it could be freeways and it could whatever. be decked out internally with all sorts of cold storage and high-end stuff capex yeah, that, i mean that, th- that, there's that fantastic valuable. industrial like in long beach and in los angeles that is by the port it is irreplaceable location and it is a rough area, yeah, to say the least. Like it's rough, and but it's it's irreplaceable. Yeah, you know, industrial. So that that way is yeah, it's 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 not an A location from the you know high end wealth. But it's just such a sense. yeah. But it is so critical. Yeah, so really. it's just critical to business operations. Um, and I think that's th- that's the difference that that's happening now in industrial that I think we're starting to catch on. And, and the people that have really been involved in industrial have been catch, have known for a while is that people tenants are saying I will pay more for that super A location with great buildings whatever in L- Los Angeles because I'm going to save twenty percent on operations so I don't care if I pay fifty percent more on rent because I'm still net up fifteen percent yeah. something like that as yeah. equation. I think that's that's just the way people are doing it now. Yeah, and I also, also if they're part of their business plan is to tout like speed to yeah. delivery and logistics, then it's important. It. You need you need it. Like the Amazons don't care, and they've no. got enough money. And so similarly, you know, the other big corporations like that. I mean, I think like one thing I was I'm now like more and more convinced by is like that, and what makes retail really hard to figure out is that there's basically now just two types of of retail. There is 
I just want something I want as quickly and as cheaply as possible delivered to me right away. <laughs> like, like functional, just functional. Funk it's going to be fast. And that's why DoorDash was up like 25% over this quarter. Mm -hmm. Like it had a, a monster quarter and it's just gotten into all these other sort of lines of delivery, like pets and, you know, alcohol and groceries and mm -hmm. this and that, anything they can think of. And they've just delivered anything for you do the dash pass and it basically costs you a few dollars to get delivered. And then there's the other one, which is going to be like just experiential. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be the experience. lifestyle centers, like the yeah, Grove. Maybe the I guess I mean, I'm not going there enough to really justify. Like, like I'm not there. Well, you're not going consumer. there, but, but I, but I, I'll tell you, I, a couple of weeks back, I had gone there to meet someone. Yeah. And I hadn't been to the Grove in a long and time. How much did you buy? How many bags did you walk out there? Uh, I didn't buy anything. I yeah. actually just ate there. <laughs> so you're not talking either. Uh, but, but no, no. <laughs> but but my point is, but there were a lot of people there. there yeah, they're just walking around. There's a lot of people. Well, there were a lot of tourists, a lot of types. There, they had bags. They were Maybe. some people were, were shopping. So I think Maybe. they're I doing fine. Lifestyle centers. That's why. It's I think they are. I mean, I, even even those. Like I think that they have some space too that would not pre-pandemic would be full. Like, it's a little hard there, too, I think. Yeah. A little softer than yeah. you would think. I mean, the other thing that makes retail complicated, too, is then what do you, you know, how do you classify, like, a single-tenant building, too? Like, the Dollar Trees or the, well, the Walgreens. That's that's retail, too. And, yeah. And, yeah, you know, do you call that an A building or not? I think, <laughs> I think they just go on vintage a lot of times yeah. and just say, oh, that's built in 2018. Yeah. A. You've got a good tenant, possibly. That's a good that gives it an A quality. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think it's... True. I think that's enough for our education yeah, class our, for our today. Building. Uh, some commentary on the week. So uh, maybe a couple numbers, David? Um, so a couple numbers, uh, two numbers. One, just to finish up Super Bowl. Um, I was surprised to learn that, and we saw a lot of little fun ads uh, during the Super Bowl, that it actually is now – the price is now up to $7 million for a 30-second commercial spot. So all wow. those guys, and, and it was dominated by betting apps and crypto ads and you know electric cars, electric vehicles, which is interesting is how Super Bowl is always sort of a platform for people to really spend the dollars to promote the next thing, really. Yeah. And this is the best platform. If you're a crypto company, where what are the better place to, you know, if you're going to get the most bang for your dollars is one of the most watched games, you know, most watched events of the year. Well, the most I think I think there's a I mean the w way I now understand it is that there is the seven million dollars you're going to spend on that ad spot then you're going to spend a bunch of money to create that ad and in most of these ads you're going to find a face that's really familiar mm -hmm. so you're going to get like Salma Hayek and Andrew Sh yeah. uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger. they yeah. did that I don't know which ad they did but it's memorable <laughs> um, so then you're going to do that or, you, or you're going to do like the Sopranos ad where you know it's Meadow and her brother yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna get some face that's super recognizable, and then you'll spend the seven million dollars spot. But then you'll also do like a bunch of pre-advertising with different types of you know the same commercial extended, same commercial changed a little bit, and you'll start that even like week a week or two before, mm -hmm. and you'll be carrying that all the way to Super Bowl, and then you basically get like semi-verified yeah. when you actually take the seven million dollars spot. But what was the there was an ad I didn't see it, but I read about it the the one where they just had the flash the the flashing QR code. I forgot, it was one of the crypto companies that did it. Yeah, it was sure. People didn't know what it was. And no, it. So, so, so like half the people got it yeah. and half didn't get it. Yeah. And so so the half that got it, that they had said that people were rushing to get their phones to scan what was on mm. the TV to see what it was. And it registered for some uh, crypto service, I believe it was. Yeah. But it was so many people that wound up did get it, that yeah. even though half didn't get it. Yeah. Um, 
that it crashed a server of the company oh. I was doing it, so they couldn't fully take advantage of that it. That was happening at your party? No, I did not. I missed, I missed that commercial for some reason. Maybe it happened <laughs> before I got there. Or, was it pay, or maybe I was, I was taking a chicken wing break or something. Yeah. So, yeah. so That's funny. Um, I, didn't, I didn't see that. That's I funny. didn't see that, but I, I didn't read about how, like, they said, because some people complained about how, like, they spent all this money, and other people who got offended by, like, they thought That's their TV funny. was broken or something was wrong was happening. Oh, I could see so. that. Certain parts of America. Yes. So, but they crashed the server. Not ending which I well was over there. So, um, what was your number? My number is this is a startling number actually. Of the U.S. homeless or homeless or actually unhoused population, twenty-five percent sits in our fair state, California. Twenty-five percent. Twenty-five percent of the whole population just sits that's, right here that's with shocking. us. That's shocking. It's uh, it's shocking and, and, on many and disturbing levels, on different Very levels. Very many levels. Yeah, it's a disturbing thing for sure. Uh, but here we are. This is us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, upgrades. You know, my, well, I have a content. I actually started watching the Tinder Swindler. And I've heard it's, uh, it's, it's actually very compelling. And I've heard that uh, that fellow is uh, Tinder Swindling. The name still sounds out there. very fascinating. <laughs> still out there. <laughs> still out there. Scott Free, I guess. Just okay. just hanging out. Just uh, doing oh, Tinder was he, uh, Swindling was this, the, was this the one about the, the con man? The yeah, he's a con man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Targets. He's, okay. he's a he's a con man. He's definitely the con man. Okay. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, it's it's good. I haven't finished it, but it, it is a good a good uh, good good little piece of content. You okay. would enjoy it. You? Okay. Um, my content wasn't anything I was watching. Although, as I mentioned, I had a weekend in Vegas, mm. and I accidentally had my phone got uh, had some problems. So I've been procrastinating just for, for a long time. And I finally upgraded my phone since I was uh, since my current phone was damaged. And so I have the new iPhone 13 and um, definitely uh, yeah, upgrade in terms of just even taking photos. My camera Very photos nice. are not much more crisper. Very crisp. cleaner. So any uh, any upgrades from you besides gym tan laundry? Uh, <laughs> no, well, did, yeah, I did go to the gym at the hotel, which was <laughs> very nice. Uh, great for me. Very nice. So hotel gyms. So nice. Work out with the common people. Yes. Uh, I actually uh, I had a fantastic energy bar or protein bar called the Think Bar. It's a peanut rub high. It's one of the best flavors I've ever I had. I've seen of a that name before. Bar. Think, think, it's right. like the Think Protein Bar. Okay. The peanut butter pie Think Bar is just. It is like. And now I'm curious if I try one. Yes, it's <laughs> it's very low carb, and it's uh it tastes like a piece of candy. So I don't know how healthy for you it is, but I assume because they put protein bar on it, I'm hoping it's healthy. <laughs> is uh, it a meal replacement bar? Or is no, it's not that. It's not meal replacement, but it's very tasty. It's very okay. tasty. It's peanuts, though. Be careful. Okay. Um, all right, folks, that is us for this week of February 21st. Our uh, well, next week will be March. Yes. Here we come, March. Yes, here comes March. Marching to March. There we go. All right. Um, thank you, everyone. Please do continue to follow us on all the social platforms, and we will be ever so thankful if you subscribe to our feed. And any final last words, my uh, upgrade man from Vegas? Uh, be safe, everyone. Uh, continue to be safe. I, I don't know from what, but be safe. I guess there's unhoused people out there. So. All, right. all right. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>